0: It took me a long while to get over that bridge to say, you know what, this might make you uncomfortable, but that was my experience. And I'm not responsible for keeping you comfortable in our conversation because you don't like to hear about what I'm going through. That's not my job.
1: Hey y'all. Thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur podcast. The podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our confident tribe. Let's get into it.
0: Hey, can you say hi? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Are
1: you helping mom today? She's
0: Hi. Come here. Do you want to say hi? I
1: already did. You already did. I <laughs> told her. I said you have to
0: go sit on the couch. She goes okay, and then she comes and sits right next oh, to me at the
1: table. Yep. Sounds about right. That's how it always goes, huh?
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Good thing we're a podcast for moms and about moms. <laughs> that's
0: what. I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, you're lucky. This is like right up the alley of what I'm doing today because. <laughs>
1: Yep. It's all good. This we is can, my life. We understand.
0: So you have
1: it. three girls, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Our oldest is, um, she's going to be eight at the end of this month. And then the middle will be six at the end of April. And the youngest just
1: turned three at the end of October. So. Mommy. Oh my gosh. You guys have your hands full with all those girls, huh? Hi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, do you want to just kind of uh, start out by telling us, I mean, obviously we just talked about your girls a little bit, but like more about you yeah. and your family and all of the good things. Yeah. Uh, so
0: we've got the three girls, Um, Jason and I, my husband, we've been together for, we've been married nine years this summer. um, We've got three dogs and I've been in Laramie for... Oh my gosh, twelve years, I think. Um, I was born here, but raised out in Nebraska. Um, moved back to help my sister when she had my oldest nephew, um, and I never left. I just stayed.
1: <laughs> uh, that's so, what happens, I feel like we're here. a lot of us in Laramie, we love it and just end up staying forever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, we never left. Um, my grandma's here, and so that was that's always been kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, not your, I mean, your grandma's here too, but my grandma's here. <laughs> my mom moved up um, like right before COVID hit. And so she's been up here a few years. Um, What are you doing? So yeah, I've been, I used to run a daycare here in town. Um, when we bought the house and moved, we shut that down. We didn't take it with us. Uh, and then I've been a stay-at-home mom since, I mean, Scarlett was born. She's our oldest. Um, and then this last September was when we opened up the physical location of the bookstore. Um, and so now we're trying to juggle school and me not being in the house and
1: all the other things. <laughs> all the things. That is the story of the, of the mompreneurs right now. Just all the things. <laughs> yeah.
0: All the things, yeah, yeah. The sports, the the extracurriculars, the school programs, the, all of the things.
1: <laughs> well, so you have the at- bookstore and you guys just opened yes. your downtown front, which is awesome. I just yeah. saw a event pop up for the author of the Longmire series.
0: Yeah, Craig Johnson, he'll be in on the 26th. I, I am so, so excited.
1: excited. yeah. <laughs>
0: I am so excited um I his personal assistant came in um and bought one of his books for her nephew I believe um when she was coming through town and she was like he loves to do like these little things he'd love to come in and do a reading and I was like you know what we're gonna reach out to him and see what happens um and he actually was like well I'm gonna be coming back home. So he lives up in New Cross, Wyoming, uh, which is like five ish hours away from where we're at. Um, and he will actually be in Denver that weekend. And so he's like, let's just go ahead and schedule something on our way through. And so bless his heart, he's going to travel all the way up from Denver, do this like hour, hour and a half ish long event at the store and then drive all the way home to you. And I was like, bless you for doing that because
1: (laughs) right I feel like that's one of those cool things though like Wyoming even though he's like five hours away Wyoming is all just like one big community so yeah way more likely to do it yeah
0: and he uh he wasn't even gonna hesitate driving five hours to come down and do it either he was like I'm just gonna be coming through that weekend so if you're available like let's do it mm-hmm. and I'm not normally open on Sundays normally I'm closed Sunday Monday uh, I get one weekend day with the girls and then Mondays I use to kind of reset clean my house and do laundry and all of the things I can't do while I'm at work But well, I was like you know what we will open on Sunday like
1: not even gonna hesitate we will open on Sunday and
0: have this going on so
1: well, I, I saw it pop up on my Facebook feed, and I, like, told my boyfriend, I was like, I have to go to this, I have to so go. you know. So you're buying yeah. this book so I can go. <laughs> uh, yes.
0: We have ordered so many copies of his newest book. Um, for those who don't have it, they can get it while they're there and have him sign it. Um, he said he's going to come in and do a, oh, my gosh, he gives, like, a short little talk, um, he does a reading, and then while he's signing books, he'll do a question and answer um, while he does all of that. So I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be really, really cool.
1: That is going to be so cool. So why did you decide to, um, like, open a bookstore? And, like, was that something that you had thought about doing, like, long before? Just, like, as far as my reasoning, I have always been
0: a reader, um I was that weird kid in high school that didn't go out with my friends. I just stayed in and read. Um, I very much preferred to be in my house and reading as opposed to out, you know at house parties and everything else because my age were doing. Um, but we actually started online, so it kind of came about in um July of. 2021 um we had a stillborn son at 16 weeks and we ended up um, in this huge donation to the hospital um during those first several weeks of right after we had lost colton um people were feeding us which i am so incredibly grateful for but eventually i had to feed my kids vegetables and not door <laughs> I was like, okay, we got, we got a shift here. So we had a bunch of people donate um, money towards us. And what we did is we put that money and we donated a whole bunch of little board books to the labor and delivery unit. Um, for the healthy babies and some little stuffed elephants to go in the memory boxes that the hospital does for the stillbirth. Um, and so it kind of got me thinking like, You know, if I can do that out of my house, why can't I do like an online bookstore? Um, It's always been something that I've wanted to do. Like I said, I I've just always loved reading. Um, And so what I did was I opened up my website in January of twenty two, and I operated one hundred percent online out of my house. I was packing orders. Storing inventory the whole nine yards out of my basement. Um, And every time we got an order, I would pack it up and we'd go off to the post office and get it shipped. I would have people pick up from my house, um, local people. So I didn't, they didn't pay shipping and obviously I didn't pay shipping to get it to them here in town. So they would come and pick it up from us. And then we kind of started looking around Jubilee Days um, while we were hanging out downtown for like the chili cook-off and stuff at some of the buildings that were available for rent. Um, And it was between the one we're in now and a different one. Um, And we, (coughs) bless you, we took the the chance and dove on in. we spent all of August getting it painted, getting bookshelves hung, um, putting in like those little things. There was we had to put in a countertop for our checkout area, um, and really just getting things set up. Please don't lick me. Getting things set up and ready to go, and then we opened at the beginning of September. Oops. And it's been,
1: it's been since then. That's awesome. That's so exciting. You are really un- ugly. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those bookworms <laughs> too. I was noticing your shirt. My son's name is Harrison, but I call him Harry for short. Oh, and I'm sure you can get where I got that from. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I, we added shirts and stuff um, a few months after we opened and I'm so glad we did. Like, there's just Except so many keep taking the I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, there's just so many fun things that you can do. I mean, as far as books go on fun little things like that. So now we've got cups and we've got books and we've got stickers and... I don't get this. You do like stickers. We've got all kinds of things
1: that I don't all of us
0: little book nerds can
1: yeah. bond over. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Okay. Book Nerds Club. So you brought up um, Colton and what, what kind of happened to you guys there. And I know that you've had kind of a couple losses, right? And you guys started yeah. on your own. Is it like a nonprofit that you kind of yeah stuff through? Yes. So um, along with the bookstore, we've got
0: the Four Angels nonprofit. Um, we had a early, early, like six week miscarriage, um, before we had Scarlett. And so then we went through and we had Scarlett Presley and Kennedy. Um, we lost Colton in July of 21. Um, and then in March of 22, we lost Noah at, um, 20 weeks. So we had another stillbirth induction there. Um, and then by some cruel (laughs) act of God, we got pregnant again, um, and ended up losing Samuel. Um, we did like the nine week blood test. I mean, at this point we kind of felt we had to, um, not knowing what was going on with two previous losses, both being boys before that. Um, but we lost Samuel in August of this year. Uh, or of last year, sorry, of 2022. So between July of 21 and August of 22, we had three losses, um, all of them in the second trimester um, and all of them boys. And so we are currently working on setting up um, our 501c3 status for nonprofit. Um, but we're hoping to be able to expand that out to um build like memory boxes for those that don't get it from the hospital. Um, we've had a couple people reach out to us already that, um, have given birth somewhere else, but they're from here in Laramie. Um, and so they didn't get one of those at the hospital offers because they weren't at Ivinson when it happened. Um, there was a family out in Centennial that had a stillbirth at 39 weeks. Um, that didn't, or a home, like they, they they had a home birth. And so they didn't get anything from the hospital either because, I mean, there's really no way for the hospital to track those very easily. Um, and so we ended up making a memorial box for them and sending it out to them. And Ooh. so we're hoping um, to be able to provide a little bit more of that here in town um, along with getting set up some support groups, um, for women who have been through all of that. Um, but also kind of setting up a place for the husbands to kind of get together. I know they grieve totally differently than moms do. Um, but just to have someone who's kind of been through that, whether they talk about it or not, someone who just understands, um, and also do something with siblings is where we're kind of hoping to go with, that. um, Scarlet was very much old enough to understand what was going on with all three of the boys' bosses. Um, and I think it hit her harder than, I mean, than any of the girls um, because she knows, I mean, she knew there was a baby there. She knew kind of what to expect. Um, also having her go through both of the, her sister's pregnancies, she also got to see, you know, what a full term, healthy pregnancy looked like. And then all of a sudden she was also hit with all of those feelings about losing the boys. Um so we're hoping to be able to bring, you know, siblings together who have kind of been through all of that. Um and not just focus on moms while also giving moms those those groups and that support that they need. Uh because I know that I personally, I mean I wasn't alone. I had an insane amount of people support me through that whole thing, but you feel so alone. Um, because most people, I mean, they just don't get it unless they've been through it. And that's not saying anything bad about who I had in my corner, who, you know, who haven't personally experienced that, but it's something you just can't explain what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're going through. Um, and you don't have to with someone who's been through it. And so we're hoping with the nonprofit that we can kind of bring that together, um, before other moms, for husbands, for their siblings, for all of the things and people who go through that kind of stuff. Um, because while mom and dad lose their baby, I mean, siblings who understand it lose their siblings, um, I know both the of girls were so excited to have a little boy in the house and it's like, not only did that get ripped from us, but that got ripped from them too. Um, and so we're hoping with the nonprofit to be able to kind of expand what Laramie can offer in that sense. Um, and we also pair with the bookstore. And so in July we do a raffle, um, I started that one last year. My amazing stepmom makes these beautiful, beautiful quilts. Um, and so she hand quilts a baby quilt that we raffle off every year. Um, and so we'll have that in the bookstore to be seen this year for the raffle. Um, and then in October for Infant and Pregnancy Awareness or Loss Awareness Month, um, we do 50% of our profits go straight to the nonprofit. Um, in order to kind of help keep those funds coming into the nonprofit. Uh, but then that way, I mean people can come in and buy a book and get something that they want while also helping support the nonprofit. Um, we are we are very slow in the up and coming of that with everything going on. <laughs> but like I said, we're working on our 501c3. Um, right now. And then we're hoping to be able to set up like our first big fundraiser and kind of get our name out there and all of that stuff. So.
1: Well, I love that. And I mean, it's amazing that you were able to take such a big and traumatic kind of part of your guys's life and turn that into something beautiful where you can support other people that are going through those things. Cause I mean, for a really long time, pregnancy loss and miscarriage and stillbirth, like all of that was not talked about for a very long time, but it happens way more often than we would like to think it does.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, and it's still, I mean, it's still an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people, um, And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think it's always going to be an uncomfortable topic. Uh, But I'm hoping that with this, we can get more people comfortable with talking about the uncomfortable. Um, Because like you said, it is really common. I mean, it happens a lot. And there were a ton of people who reached out to me when we lost Colton telling me their stories that I didn't even know. And a lot of these people are, people who are close to me um that i didn't even realize that they had been through something like this because it's not common for people to talk about when it happens because society just as a whole has put such a damper on it that it's not something that should be addressed
1: um well, and even but, I, I think our healthcare system kind of does that too because I I had a miscarriage and I was um, seven months long. Yeah. And so I hadn't even had my first ultrasound or anything like that. So they don't even like count it, like, you know, in your medical records, it's basically anything. And they don't even recognize that you might have issues until you've had multiple. Miscarriages or losses. So it's kind of crazy how our healthcare system does that too.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, I, we're not sure kind of where we can go as far as that, but I know that like the elephants that we donated to the hospital for stillbirths that year with Colton. Um we now have expanded that out to all of the women's clinics here in town for patients who have got gone through miscarriages. Um I mean it's just it's something small, but now I feel like it's at least getting recognized. When we first when we had our miscarriage, um I didn't actually marry until nine weeks, but baby quit developing at six. Um And so, but I mean, it was a quick, there's no heartbeat. Like the doctor I saw for that ultrasound, um, he wasn't my typical OB that I would have seen. But he basically just said, there's no heartbeat, like go home and wait it out. That's all you can do. And out the door I went. Um, I did have to have a DNC with, with that. Um, pregnancy loss. And it was very much the same. I mean, I went in, they put me under, they did the DNC, they kept me in recovery for an hour or so to make sure I was awake and ready to go. And then it was, okay, here's what you can expect out the door. And I mean, it was, it was nothing while inside. I mean, I was completely breaking because, you know, that's something that those doctors see a lot. But to me, like that was, that was my first baby Mm -hmm. and it was there. And then all of a sudden that pregnancy was not there. Yeah. And that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like you said, whether it's out and about in society or even in the healthcare field, because I mean, who knows why, who knows why that doesn't get talked about, but I feel like especially early pregnancy losses get swept over so easily. Um, and so we're hoping, I mean, with that nonprofit that we can give those women who have been through something like that, you know, who didn't get to the point to where they felt the kicks or, you know, that first ultrasound or whatever it is that they went through, um, a place to also kind of just release some of that because, while you were early, it's still a pregnancy loss. Um, and it I'm it's hard. It's so hard to even guess what happened because it happens so fast. Yeah. And, and it's and tough.
1: Um well and, and they don't talk what about the say. changes in your body too, because your body yeah. knows that it's happening. Like I get very Intense pregnancy like symptoms, so I knew as yeah. soon as I was pregnant, and then I knew as soon as I wasn't too. Like, and that yeah. happens so fast, and your body's trying to react, your mind's trying to react, and there's just like so much going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, there is, yes. And I know with uh, um, with Colton, I knew, um. I was 16 weeks. I hadn't felt any kind of movement, uh, which was very strange to me. I mean, in my head, I was like, it's still kind of early, you know, maybe he's just not close enough. Like maybe he's small, like all these things went through my head. But I think like deep down, I knew that something was wrong because in my mind, I was like, this is my fourth baby, my fifth pregnancy. Like I know what I'm supposed to be looking for. There's no way I would have missed that. There's no way. Um, and so I went in for just like a regular checkup, um, at 16 weeks. And that's when we found out that he had no heartbeat and he didn't make it. Um, and the same thing happened with Noah. Um, my doctors, all of my nurses, um, every single OB in the office was basically on my side. And if I called somebody got me in immediately. Um, Hi, mommy. Yes. Hi. <laughs> um, somebody got me in immediately and I went in for just a, I went in for a 20 week scan, the anatomy scan.
1: Um,
0: and the ultrasound tech, bless her heart, she was like looking around and I said, I need you to go get my doctor right now. I said, he's, he's not alive. Like he didn't make it. And she was like, well, I haven't even had a chance to find his heartbeat yet. I said, you're not going to find it. I need you to go get my doctor right now. And, um, she walked out and I, I think she knew when she, cause she was like, we're going to look and see like what position baby is in to see where we can best get our pictures and measurements and all the things. Which totally makes sense because like with Kennedy she was moving so much and she was sitting like this with her spine up on the top and so they couldn't get any good measurements because she and she wouldn't move so like when she started it like that I was like okay fair let's see what's going on before we jump in um but I knew I mean it took me 10 seconds after she had put the little over the belly probe thing on me that I I knew and I was like I do to go get my doctor right now and I think she needed to confirm it for herself but like I just I just knew um and the same thing happened with Samuel I went in 13 weeks to go just a regular old checkup Um, by this point my doctor was on edge the nurses were on edge I have no explanation for even what I was feeling. I mean, I don't think I would ever leave my doctor to go find somebody else because I mean, our history is there. Mm -hmm. Um, But walking into that office alone gave me so much anxiety because of everything else that was going on. And um, again, with Samuel, it took us less than 10 seconds like to know that there was no heartbeat. Um, and it's not something that somebody prepares you for. And I mean, personally, my body has been through so much in the last year and a half between all three of those losses and and the hormones spiking up and then having to spike all the way back down. Um, It's a lot and that's something that doesn't get talked about ever. Um, You know, you talk about the babies and you talk about what you need to do to heal physically but you don't talk about the fact that you know at this point you might need medication to help you might want to reach out and get some therapy um and that's all good for your mental health but I mean physically your body is just destroyed because it went from being in a, a normal state of how you function to, oh crap, I'm growing an extra human. Now we need to kick into overdrive to it's all of a sudden gone. What do I do? And I think your body goes through just as much of that trauma, like internally, as far as your vitamins, your hormones, um, I mean, your organs in that sense, it all just hits such a traumatic point That not only is your body trying to heal, but your mind's all messed up because of everything that happened. And that's something that gets so overlooked. Um, It's heartbreaking. I mean, it is absolutely heartbreaking that that whole period there just gets so overlooked. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, you know, it's been like six months. Like, when are you going to move on? And I think that that also gets swept over that. I mean, it doesn't go away. It we're coming up on um, one year since Noah's birth this week, and it'll be the second time that
1: we've gone through all of these first and it's still not any easier. And Your body remembers that trauma. I know. Yeah. It's crazy to me that our body stores that and like you can come up on those year marks and like you'll wake up that morning and just feel like absolute shit and not be able to tell why. And then you'll look at the calendar and be like, that's why my body remembers right. that trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And it Mom, I,
0: I, the- I think Mom, I feel I it as much physically as I do mentally. Um, And I've noticed I find myself watching the calendar and I don't know if that's because I'm trying to like mentally prep. Um, Like this year, Noah's birth falls on a Wednesday. So, I mean, I'm going to be at work. My kids have school, we have dance on Wednesdays, like, life doesn't just stop because that day is here but then you have to go through like physically what that feels like my appetite drops to dang near nothing on those days like i'm not i'm not hungry i have no desire to eat and like physically my body hurts and like you said i think it's that trauma that's stored in there because they remember what happened. And so not only are you fighting that mentally because you know what happened and you remember every detail and you know you don't forget the I fact that it, mommy good job, that you got to hold your baby but your baby wasn't breathing. I did the mommy. But um physically mommy, like your your body's just not okay. And it's almost like it's ten times stronger on those days than it is any other day um and i know like for me personally it's like a few days after before i finally start feeling better because it's like all of that stress gets built up and now i have to let it all go and i know i know i'm not the only one like i know i know i'm not alone out there where people you know and women specifically feel that way um and it's something that just gets so overlooked
1: is how over time it doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, and especially if you have additional pregnancies after a loss, it takes away so much of that joy of pregnancy because you're so overwhelmed with the fear and the anxiety that it's going to happen again. And I'm sure that was insanely true for you after you had multiple losses like in a row. Yeah. Um
0: I think we all started to breathe a little bit easier after I made it past that 16 week point with Noah. Um it wasn't much, but it was some. Good job. Um but I mean after no, we lost Noah at that. 20 weeks when we were supposed to be getting anatomy scans and I was supposed to be feeling kicks and all of these things I don't think that I could personally go through another pregnancy without it being so high stress because like you said it just rips the joy out because you're just waiting um with Noah and with Samuel I was in every two weeks because I was like I just I need to see that everything's okay Um, and it, it does, it rips the joy out of the pregnancy because you're just waiting, you're waiting for that ball to drop. Um,
1: and whether it does or
0: it doesn't, I mean, obviously that's not up to us and what happens, but you're just until you have that healthy baby out of you and in your arms and that baby is breathing, that doesn't go away
1: yeah, which I mean stress isn't good for your pregnancies either, so it's like this yeah whammy
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah and like you try so I know personally I tried so hard to keep that stress down like, and I was constantly telling myself, okay, I'm only so far along like I'm not gonna feel those kicks yet and I I'm not kidding when I say I started telling myself that at like seven weeks because I just immediately went to, I'm not going to feel him. We're not going to get there. We made it past that 16 week And I was like, okay, maybe, but then like, I still wasn't feeling kicks by 18, 19 weeks. And I was like, something's not right. Something is not right. And there was, I mean, just uh, scheduling conflicts I mean, between my doctor being gone and me being gone and- all these things. And so I couldn't get back in until 20 weeks, but I remember telling my mom, I was like, if I don't feel movement by then I said, I'm going in preparing for the worst. And I don't think that's something that any woman what should have I to get? do. Um, I don't feel like that's something that any woman should have to walk into her doctor's office and say, I'm prepared to go to the hospital today and birth this baby who's no longer with us because that's how my brain is processing what's happening. Um, with Colton, we waited, we found out that, um, he didn't make it. And I actually waited like five days before I went and got induced. Um, I needed that time to wrap my head around what just happened. Um, and to be honest that by those five days did nothing it, <laughs> Mama, it didn't really help if we're really gonna throw that out there I still went into the hospital not knowing what to expect um, Mama, my good job um but with Noah, like we found out that day and I told him, I said, I want to go in now. I said, I want to go in and I want to go home and I want to pack a bag in case I have to stay overnight. I said, but I'm not, I'm not waiting this time. I said, I, I know what to expect. Um, and even my nurses were like, okay, you're not crying. Like, are you okay? I said, I'm so mentally shut down at this point from everything that I can't cry. I said, physically, I don't think I can. (laughs) And I mean, of course that, that all went away. I mean, as soon as he was born, there was tears everywhere. But up to that point, they're like, you're scaring us because you're so calm. And I said, I've been here. I now physically and mentally know what to expect through this whole thing. I said, and while it's not easy, there's that sense of calm because I know going in what's going to happen. But I mean, that was also the point where I got a hold of my doctor and I said, I need something because mentally I'm not okay. I said, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it well anymore. I don't want to eat. I don't want to spend time with the girls. Like I can feel myself shutting down. I need help. Fantastic. Fantastic and he
1: that's so amazing that you were able to find that for yourself and realize that because I feel like sometimes we get so shut down especially when we're you know having to still do all of the things you're still a mom to your three girls and you're still still doing all of this other stuff that sometimes we just overlook ourselves and that we might need that help you know
0: yeah well and it's I mean, it's a hard thing to accept. I mean, at least for me, it was. Um, I think I cried more asking my doctor for medication than I did um, after Noah was born because I was like, man, I'm failing at doing this. And while like the logical side of my brain was like, that's not true. Emotionally, I was like, I'm failing everybody right now because I can't take care of myself without these, these pills. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm still on them. We're still, we're still going, but you know, like it's, it's something I think that a lot of women are ashamed of um, to be able to admit that they need help beyond sitting down and talking about it. Um, whether that's with their friends, whether they're in therapy, like that little extra help that you can get from medication, I think is so taboo that people just immediately shut it down and they find it as a weakness. And so, I mean, moms, especially who have gone through that pregnancy loss, who are already looking at it as my body failed me, And now my mind is failing me, they, they don't, they don't think it's okay to ask for help via prescription. Um, and I mean, no pun intended, but that was a hard pill for me to swallow because I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do it. I don't want to take this just to be okay, to be able to be, you know, the best parent to my girls. But, I mean, I also recognize that I was not being the best parent to my girls. Um, I was honestly not being a very good wife to my husband, and I was not being very good to myself. Um, And it's still something that I personally feel a lot of shame having to take those, um, which sounds silly from everything else I've said, but. I mean, it just sucks. And I think it sucks because it's so looked down upon by other people to have to get help like I
1: that. Do do.
0: I see that. Um, to have to get your help in that form, it's so looked down upon by other people. And I, do do do. I know so many people that are on, I mean, antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. That honestly, I wouldn't have had any idea about unless they reached out to me, but they didn't reach out to me until, you know, I kind of started putting my story on Instagram and Facebook and, um, I've been very open and vulnerable in what has happened to us through those, those losses. But I have had so many people reach out to me in the meantime, and I've met so many people who are like, yeah, us too. Like, it feels good to know that you understand. And so I think just having those those people around help um, to know, like, hey, you're not the only one taking medication to be a better parent because of what you've been through.
1: You're, you well, like, that's just- exactly why we do this podcast. We want to remove all the shame, all the stigma, and, like, talk about things more openly because I think in sharing our stories, we're helping others be able to share theirs, and we're creating deeper, more intentional connections with people. Yeah, and
0: I mean, like you mentioned, your, your podcast is for moms, and we're already juggling a lot. <laughs> like, we There's a lot of times where we are the primary parent, um, and I 100% believe that it's not because dads don't put in their weight. It's just the way life is. Like kids just want mom. Mm-hmm. Um I mean Kennedy has been sitting on my lap this whole entire time. <laughs> yes yeah, so she wanted dad and that was a hard no. <laughs> yeah, a hard no, yeah. And I guarantee if the other two were here, they would be somewhere close to me also. Because a lot of time it's not even that they need me for anything. They just want me there. Mom, mommy. You already did that one. They just want me there. And like sometimes dad gets the privilege of being the one that they want. But I will say that, I mean, 90% of the time it is me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that that is very common with other moms, you know, and then you throw in things like running your own business or working eight hours mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. and pregnancy mm-hmm. losses and mental health and it's just crazy what I mean mothers in general just go through and then you throw on society shaming us for all kinds of things that you're like wow all right guys let's just beat me while I'm down (laughs) and it's hard and I think having that that group of moms makes a huge difference and even if it's something like this where you're just listening to somebody else's story and you're like wow okay there is somebody else out there makes a huge difference even if it's not
1: you know like a face-to-face in-person conversation I think just hearing you know that you're not alone is a big thing so kind of along that line what would you say to other moms out there who are going through this who have been through this whatever advice or anything like that would you give them
0: for pregnancy loss in general fantastic don't fall in on yourself do not take it all upon yourself um
1: I did I that mean, a lot
0: yeah. with Colton. Yeah. I felt like I was a burden to talk to other people about him. Um, Mommy did that Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, I felt like it would make yeah, them uncomfortable. Pizza. Therefore, I couldn't talk about it. And I kept a lot of that inside. Um, Yay. The moment that I started talking to other people who had reached out to me um some of my closest friends have been through something very similar to what I went through and as soon as I started talking about it like there was a whole new floodgate of emotions that came out because at that point I wasn't holding it in and that was when I finally felt like I could start moving forward Um, and you know, I have a lot of people ask, they're like, well, how do you handle it so well? Like you're doing all these things and you're taking a really bad situation and, and turning it into good. Um, and honestly, it just boils down to, I am in the healing process. I am nowhere near the end of that journey, but being able to talk about it openly whether it's with friends and family, um, as weird as it sounds, with strangers on the internet who've been through the same thing, uh, you know, with a therapist, with whoever, being able to openly talk about it has made a huge difference because I don't feel like I have to navigate that by myself. Getting over that bridge is not easy. Uh, Like I said, I felt like a huge burden bringing it up, um, especially to someone who hadn't gone through it because they didn't quite understand. And it's not that they didn't want to or that they didn't try. It's just that going through all of that is something that you can only understand if you've been through it. Um, And... It took me a long while to get over that bridge to say, you know what? This might make you uncomfortable, but that was my experience. And I'm not responsible for keeping you comfortable in our conversation because you don't like to hear about what I'm going through. That's not my job. And as soon as I had that mindset and I was able to start talking to people, my healing journey took on a whole different meaning because now at that oh, point I, I wasn't you. trying to protect other people's feelings on my pregnancy losses on the fact that you know I'm juggling three kids and my own business and a nonprofit. I was not responsible for how that made them feel and it took me forever and I still have to remind myself like I'm sorry that makes you uncomfortable for me to say my kids' names, but that's not my problem.
1: Well, mm-hmm. what did I get? I don't know what you get. This one right here. Um, oh, I love that. This gets so important.
0: Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, beforehand I was like, you know, it's not really my, my deal if, if you don't like what I'm doing, but now. After having all three of those pregnancy losses, now it boils down to it's not my job to make you comfortable. I'm sorry that you know, stillbirth and talk about recovery and everything else makes you uncomfortable. But if you're uncomfortable talking about it, imagine how we feel going through it.
1: That right there is the kicker.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about that. They're like, oh man, you know, like, I don't want to talk about your dead babies. Like, where we're over here like, okay, you don't want to talk about it. I don't want to have to go through it. Like, I don't want to talk about it, but that's the situation we're in. And I think a lot of that judgment from other people would fall off if there was more of that mindset of, of, okay, I don't like talking about it, but imagine how they're feeling going through it. Maybe they just need five minutes of someone listening to them maybe they just need somebody else outside of you know their little circle to say their baby's name and that will do a whole world of wonders for other people but like you said doesn't get I mean it doesn't get looked at like that um and my my biggest piece of advice way easier said than done is don't tackle it by yourself um right after cold, like I said, people fed us, plus their hearts. We had so much food. And finally, after two weeks, I was like, I can't do this anymore. You guys, my kids have got to eat something else besides chicken nuggets and French fries. Like I, <laughs> I, did, I appreciate did, it, but I mean, we turned, we ended up doing that donation. And I think that made a big turning point for me um, I I one, because Mom. it made me actually address what was going on. Um, the first time I called the hospital to ask if that was something they could even do, we were still in the midst of COVID at that point. So I didn't even know if they would take donations from outside of the hospital, if they had to be in closed boxes. Like it was a month after we had lost Colton that I finally called. And that was the first time that I said to somebody, I had a stillborn birth that poor woman on the other side of the line I immediately just started crying and it wasn't even like slow tears coming down my face I was like hyperventilating like yeah she couldn't understand the darn thing I was saying like and I felt so bad and I kept apologizing she's like would you stop saying you're sorry to me <laughs> I'm like I know but I, I called you and here I am and you can't even understand me <laughs> But that was the first time that I had said that out loud. Excellent. And that, I think, was a huge stepping stone. Because at that point, I was like, crap. Now I have to deal with it. Like, now I've accepted that this has happened. And now I have to deal with it. Um, and I mean... Let me
1: find a letter. Yeah, right
0: here. Um, Our donation I think gave me something to put my mind on even though it was a negative situation being able to put that towards something to say okay you know reading is a big part of our lives um I read to the girls when I was pregnant with them I read all through I mean even now we still sit down every night and read books it hasn't stopped And so being able to take our crappy situation and turn it into something that would be good for somebody else, I think was one of the best things that I did for me Um, because it gave me a chance to say, okay, I'm dealing with this in a way that feels healthy to me. Um, And I think a lot of people try and deal with it in a way that feels healthy to other people They push it all down because people don't want to hear about it. They push it down because they feel like a burden and they feel like they will make somebody else more comfortable by not talking about it. In my instance, I was like, this isn't working for me. I can't just sit on my couch and cry and not feed my kids, you know, food that's actually good for them. Like, I can't do that. (laughs) like i said i'm i'm so grateful because i will not lie those two weeks i did not want to cook i lost myself in a little hidey hole on my couch and i didn't move unless i absolutely had to um but a lot of the people who wanted to support us were from out of town and so a lot of it was DoorDash. and i was like i can't eat mcdonald's anymore like i can't do it (laughs) my kids need vegetables
1: I should probably
0: drink some, but, but, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly, and that was when I started saying whatever you were going to spend on sending us food, Venmo it to me, and we ended up raising, um, (gasps) I think $1,600 in two weeks that we turned around and gave all of it back to the hospital in those books and in the elephants, um, And dropping it off was probably one of the hardest things that I did uh, because I know why. But the hospital was like, you know, hey, are you willing to speak about this? And they did a whole article on Colton's story. Um, And at that point, I realized, like, I can help other people. I can take this really shitty situation that I found myself in and I can turn it around and I can give these healthy babies something to take home with them in light of my voice. And I can give these families who get nothing more than a, oh, sorry, your pregnancy wasn't viable, see ya. I can give them something more. Um, and like I said, this last last year, we have expanded out now to the ER at the hospital. Um, we expanded out to outpatient. to outpatient services. And so um, IMG has their women's health department that we give the elephants to. Um, uh, Klingler's office, we give elephants to them. And so now, no matter where these women go and no matter what stage they were in their pregnancy, whether they lose the pregnancy, whether they take home a healthy baby, now they all get something and that light from our boys gets passed on my biggest thing was is I don't want them to be forgotten um because I feel like and even now I still don't know how to answer the question like how many kids you have Uh, do I answer that honestly and then have to explain that four of my seven kids aren't here with me do I tell you three and just skip over it? But then I feel guilty because I'm not talking about the boys. Um, And I've learned, I think it really depends on the situation. Um, And especially at the bookstore. So we have like a, a little tin. um, Yeah. A little tin where we take donations for the nonprofit. And I've had several people ask. And at that point, I will go and let them know, like, you know, I've got seven kids. We've lost four of them, three of them in the last year and a half. This is what we're doing to help that. But if people come in and, you know, they see Kennedy, who's there with me a lot. And they're like, oh, how many do you have? I'm like, oh, I've got three girls. And so I think it just really depends, at least for me personally, on the situation of how do you answer that and what do you do to make yourself feel better? And finding that switch mentally to say, okay, I don't need to make you know, so-and-so down the street feel better about this situation because their uncomfortableness about what's going on is not my problem. I need to make myself feel better about this situation. And for me personally, it was the donations. It's the nonprofit. It's the medication. Like I have done, I think all that I can at this point to help us move forward, but also to be—I mean, the parent that I want to be because I do still have the girls, um, and that is <laughs> that is not overlooked by any means but it's something that you do have to address at some point and say, what can I do to better myself regardless of how uncomfortable it makes somebody else? Well,
1: thank you so much. I think this was such a good conversation and one that's so needed to have. So where can people find you, find the bookstore, find the nonprofit, all of that stuff?
0: Oh yes, so um, Blue Mountain Bookstore is where we're at. We're on Instagram as Blue Mountain Bookstore. TikTok the same. Um Yay, <laughs> Facebook were as Blue Mountain Bookstore WYO. Um but we're also downtown we're at two oh eight grand so right in between um third and second street on Grand. And then as far as the nonprofit goes, we just have our page on Facebook right now, but we always have stuff about it inside the store. Um, So if they're ever looking for more information, they can come in and look there. I'm there 99% of the time. So
1: (laughs) And do you guys um, still do online orders for the bookstore if they're not in Laramie or Wyoming? Yes. Um, We've actually got a map going on the wall
0: that tracks all the states that we've shipped to uh, uh which is kind of fun to watch and we're currently doing pre-orders for a book that comes out in September um, which is it's so fun I got to read the first chapter and it's going to be my entire personality from the moment it comes out I just know it. and so we're doing that um you we, we yeah, we ship it all. I try and get it out next day if I possibly can. Um, we are closed Sunday, Monday, so anything that comes in those days doesn't get packed up until Tuesday. Um, but yeah, we're still shipping all over, and we've got the store, and we've always got new inventory coming in. Um, we're working on some more in-store events, like we talked about earlier. We've got Craig Johnson coming, which I am so pumped about. Um, we're Going to be doing some stuff cool. with Miss Wyoming um, for a little princess party coming up next month. We've got all kinds of things happening. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You bye.
0: He just waves.
1: <laughs> if you love this episode, please let us know by submitting a review or sharing with the women in your life. We'll see you next time.